0: Hey beautiful souls, welcome to the podcast, The Eighth House Moon. This is your host, Samantha, professional healer, poet, and natal Eighth House Moon. If you're interested in all things mystical, spiritual, healing, and transformative, well, this is the place for you. Keep an open mind, an open heart, and let's go forward on this soul-fulfilling journey together welcome back to the podcast guys today we're joined by a lovely vedic astrologer shitra thank you so much for being here today thank you so much samantha talking about my favorite topic right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so how have you been since the vedic new year
1: oh it has been great i think the vedic new year is full of so much energy and then we are worshiping the goddess right now. It's my Vedic birthday, also. It's always a very energy-filled time for me. I think March, April, and then Sun gets exalted soon. So I really look forward to March and April and maybe three months are my favorite.
0: <laughs> yeah. So people who don't know much about the Vedic New Year, can you talk a little bit about what that energy brings collectively? Uh, so I think traditionally Vedic New Year
1: is about so. Let's first get back to Vedic calendar. Okay, so Vedic calendar is called Panchang, and we don't just look at dates or days. In fact, days have actually been borrowed from Vedic system, but we look at five parts of time, Panchang, and we it's a lunar and solar calendar. And every year, it's basically following the moments. It's following the energies as they change as we move into the Orbit of orbit around the sun. I think New Year is the time when new crops begin. Mm-hmm. So this is really about spring. It's really about new energy. It's really about just starting the year fresh. And as we begin, I think the most important thing is we celebrate the goddess. So because we are celebrating creation here, and so we celebrate the goddess because we believe that goddess is the one who's given us birth. She's the one who. She's called the Prakriti. She is the nature. So nine days, as soon as we step into the new year, we are celebrating the goddess. So it's a very high power time because you will. there are millions of deities in Vedic system. But the important part about goddesses is that she's called the Shakti. So Shakti is the power of Mm every god, whatever power there lies and whatever power there lies on this material world. She's also called the Maya's Illusion. Mm-hmm. So we are living in this life. It's an illusion. And she's the one who helps us either get trapped in this illusion or get freedom from this illusion. So as we start the new year, we celebrate her. And the, it's just a very energy, pills, powerful time. We begin it with fasting, cleansing our body, which is the eating theme And it, there's all sorts of rituals at this time.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like it's a very, like, fertile time period where things are just being birthed and it's new energies. Right. And it's interesting, too, because traditionally we think of the new year as January. And I feel like you actually don't really feel it shift until this time period. Definitely, because that's
1: why I was telling you about wedding birthday also. So you celebrate your birthday on a certain date. But when you talk about wedding birthday, that day has the exact combination as the day you were born on. So the energy is the mm-hmm. Your new year is that day. And... Similarly, all the other things also. what really matters is that you are in the universe at that point. I think a very beautiful thing about Vedic system and astrology is that we don't give ourselves so much importance. <laughs> we are just a part of this huge universe. And we, there's this saying called Yat pindam that's from Brahmandam, Means As this body as the universe so we believe that we are just the universe is a huge body and there are patterns which are being replicated so it's very important for us that we recognize where we are in the system and recognize that we are as an energy like if you start seeing everything with an energy you lie as a particle in this huge Mm -hmm. scheme and so I'm an engineer a little bit of a background I'm an engineer I have a master's (laughs) degree in science and I'm I work with big corporations. And as someone who has a very strong science background, you have to recognize energy. You have to recognize Mm -hmm. particles. Like everything today is based on energy. So yeah, just not recognizing our place in the universe is the biggest mistake
0: any scientist can do. I love that. Yeah, and it's interesting. I'd love for you to speak a little bit about how you got into Vedic astrology. Like when did that journey unfold for you?
1: For me, I think it was, I was born in church. Uh, I had a
0: feeling I not feel anywhere.
1: My parents were firm builders. And if you, it comes from a place. So astrology, I think like most sciences, I think not just in India, everywhere around the world, whatever subject you think of, whether it's art or science or whatever, were funded. And even today they're funded by government. In those sense, they were funded by royal families. So I belong to this part of India, which is called Rajasthan. So it's called the place of royals, and so there are so many royal families there. There are these priests who have been funded, and there are these huge lumiages of astrology. Wow. So I belong to one of such families which have ties to the royal families, and so we really believe in astrology. We really <laughs> believe in all of this energy work, and like our, our folks are highly consecrated by energies and since childhood I've been just hearing all of these things and I've had readings. Like it's a, yeah. our name is kept based on astrology and everything. And I think and then my mother developed an interest. Like we were just followers, but at some point my mother developed an interest and she started learning and books, you know, just finding books as started getting digitalized. The classics started getting digitalized. So she took my health to use the computer to read and translate (laughs) the books. And so I learned a lot passively growing up as a teenager. But uh, as I grew up, I think at some point I just felt that what the classics were saying and what the modern astrology is doing, Like really grateful for all the predictions that I received. There's some really strong predictions and good predictions Mm -hmm. that I received. But uh, in my life, I felt that there is a huge diversion or like... uh, Divergence that's being created right now. The classic astrologers are too much into ancient times still, yes, and they're not able yes. to relate to the modern times. Mm-hmm. And when you look at modern astrologers, they have it's quite corrupted. To be, like to speak plainly, the roots have been forgotten. The body says very clearly that you have to be respectful to the classics, the texts, the founding fathers have not even attributed knowledge to themselves they believe mm-hmm. and they say that it has been provided to them from Brahma, which is like the founder of the universe the supreme being nobody calls themselves a master
0: they yeah. and the yeah. idea
1: is that you are a medium we as astrologers are mediums and the idea is that astrology is to be used it's a lifestyle it's not a simple projective tool it's not a ritual tool it's a lifestyle so there's just Huge! This. I was living in Seattle at the time. I was working for Amazon, and between all of that, while I was there, so I, I just felt it doesn't make sense. So I started learning as just a part-time hobby, and I got so much into it. I started doing readings for people, and then they started telling me that you should do it professionally, and slowly, I think once you get into it, you can't think of anything else.
0: So (laughs) it's so true. It's so true. It just consumes your whole thought process and you're like, this connects to astrology in some way. And it's great. I love what you said about the modern astrology as well, because I do feel like they forget some of the roots and also like the respect that comes in the culture. If you read the scriptures, they clearly Mm -hmm. talk about so many instances.
1: Because one very interesting thing is they have taught us like children. There are so many stories and classics and myths and they're basically condensed with all this information and they talk about it. the moment you disrespect the body that you're learning or mm. the guru that you have learned from or you stop being the medium. Universe stops flowing the information through. You, that is such an important thing and that is forgotten I think in today's time and also I think there's this struggle between Western astrology and Vedic astrology. It's yep. very sad that today yep. Like, Vedic Astrology is not the term, but we have started to call it Vedic Astrology just mm-hmm. to create us, to make sure
0: that people know that it's mm-hmm. not Astrology, and it's so confusing. It's, con- um, it's confusing, yeah. yeah. And in terms of, so you do have this sort of, like, scientific mind as well, too, which I love that you're mm-hmm. doing the engineer stuff. And so when it comes to the astronomy, right, of sidereal astrology it's more in alignment with where the stars are currently at. So could you speak a little yes. bit about the difference in terms of the astronomy astronomy of sidereal versus tropical as well?
1: I think the main difference is the Aranamsha, which means the corrections. It's not there is a rhythm of how the planets are moving. Every few Your, centuries please. or so, the planets, the stars also move. They just seem to move much slower. No, and-, and in Vedic astrology, we have, found corrections in the formula mm-hmm. so like you call if you are doing data science you would call that an error margin or some variables and we have introduced that into the formula and because of that vedic astrology corresponds much more accurately to the actual positions of planets and stars and constellations in the universe that is the main difference and that's why i think for example right now everyone was raving about the airy season but actually mm-hmm. it no. is not, no. not, <laughs> not right now but Yeah, it's
0: frustrating, but then (laughs) I know it's there's a certain point when people I just feel like people can't let go of what they've known their whole life. And so a lot of people in the Western world, they want to hold on to what they've understood about astrology. And it's it's an ego death almost going into Vedic and they're like, oh, it's I'm a whole different person based on my chart. And it's hard for them. And I
1: I think one thing that West is really good at and I have to (laughs) appreciate them at is. They know how to commoditize the thing. <laughs> <So> <laughs> when you pack anything a certain way, when you put some labels onto it mm-hmm. and you put it in the shelf, it's much easier to pick up, right? Yeah. Rather than going into the forest and searching for a worm or something. So that's the difference between that's what's happening with Vedic and this. I don't name anyone, but I do think that we need to do a better job as many soldiers. <laughs> we need yes. to do a better job at least.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah and I think too the thing with Vedic as well is it's a lot of training and it's I think with Western astrology people feel like oh they can get to an understanding of it easier and quicker and with Vedic you're like it just never it never ends the amount of information. Yeah that's definitely I think the best
1: astrologers that I know they've been practicing for 60 years they're super accurate still call themselves students. I think it speaks to their humility and it's also about the fact that this is unending when you're Get into any astrology, it's not just Vedic astrology. It's not just predictions. You, every element. If you could go into periodic table, and you can relate every element to a planet or planetary conjunction. If you okay. get into spices, you can connect to flowers, plants, everything. And if you're studying all of that, then there's sound system, for example. Mm-hmm. Like every sound that you make, Mantras are basically combinations of sound. They're invoking energies. Mm-hmm. And each mantra can relate to different combinations of the charts. So it's unending. Mm-hmm. It's unending. Yeah. Un- mm-hmm. un- That's mm-hmm. ever- mm-hmm. true. <laughs> and, but I think the point is that when you talk about like the main essence of astrology, we give so much respect to gurus and guys. Yeah. Because the idea is that... If you want to treat yourself, for example, if you are not well, you don't go in and you try to learn medicine. You <laughs> go to doctor, right? yeah. you trust the exactly. doctor. Exactly. And if you start googling all your symptoms, which these days people do, <laughs> then you would not just be confused, but you would ruin your day or month. Or day.
0: <laughs> your whole That's year. That's
1: what's happening with astrology, right? Everyone is trying to just Google their house placement or sign placement or conjunction. That's not the whole story. Wait. That's maybe 10% of it. Yep. I'm not able to see it in the whole scheme. And for but getting publicity or for increasing their reach, astrologers are also giving that half big information, Yeah, which I definitely, I tell my clients that if you are so interested, start learning astrology properly, but don't... I want you to use astrology and feel empowered. not Yes. Because you could sometimes see some combinations mm-hmm. and you could be scared. And that's not healthy. That's not the point of astrology. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. to empower you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's for empowerment. And it's also just about our soul purpose and like our karmic path. And so in the tradition, right. right, the tradition as well too, Western astrology moved towards this like personality-based, psychological understanding where the vedic tradition is about our karma and our dharma and like who we're here to become which i think connects a lot with the rahu versus ketu and so could you speak a little bit about the mythology of that as well and what exactly is rahu ketu i think
1: first thing is just to know that jyotish jyotish the meaning of jyotish okay that's also misinterpreted by the way most of the places you would find the meaning as the Lord of light, whereas the actual meaning is jyoti plus shah. Shah means knowledge. So knowledge. I thought it was the science no. of light.
0: Okay. No.
1: So no. the root shah, shah means to know, be aware of, and jyoti means light. And so here we, when we talk about jyoti, we are talking about the supreme being, the soul, having the knowledge of our soul, having the knowledge of the supreme being and our place in this scheme of things. And so by the definition, you understand that. Jyotish is about knowing our four pillars. So, four pillars of Jyotish are dharma, artha, karma, and moksha. Yep. And to know that what has our soul come for? Soul has come to spread principles, awareness, dharma, or has it come for just following its desires and in the form of karma, and or it has come from moksha. Mm -hmm. or it has like for liberation or it has come for earth that is just to accumulate resources and make money everybody has their own purpose and that's the sole purpose so you cannot put everyone in a box that's one very important everybody Mm -hmm. is so unique and when you read the scriptures they say that to meet to find liberation there are multiple Mm paths. some could be following God or some could be just simply following or worshipping that work, and each of the paths creates to liberation. It depends on where or how your soul has come here for. And so, Rahu Ketu are, the, if we go to the story, when you talk about the name, just I find, you know, that the names or every term in South Africa are full of information. So, yeah. Swarnabhan, the word means the golden sun is golden and banh was there so Swaranabhan was believed to be like there's this distinction between gods and demons or like, rather negative beings mm-hmm. and swarnabhan was born from parents like mother was born from the gods and father was from well, the king of the demons so he he is a very accurate prediction or picture of humans we, we are a mix of both the energies. We're not completely yep. divine. We're not completely negative. And he's a prince who wants to achieve that, who wants to achieve the status of the gods, who wants to be in that position. And he is a warrior. He is the leader and commander of the, the armies of his yep. father. He is the biggest strategist. He looks great. And like it's described that his eyes look amazing. What he called hypnotizing, yeah. And so this guy, he, and he has so many strategies. He, as he leads this command, this army, he doesn't think of what's right or what's wrong. He just thinks that he could win. Okay. And amongst all that, there are so many stories. But there's also the positive side of him that he was the worshipper of Goddess Saraswati. He was the biggest worshipper or student of Goddess Saraswati. So he, is, he has all sorts of knowledge, all sorts of traits and there are bad sides: the greed, the wild the using immoral ways to win the battles, and all of that. So ultimately, in all of that scheme, he gets to a point where gods are getting the nectar of immortalism. and he goes and he disguises himself. So that's also one of his things: he can disguise himself. Yeah, and. He creates an illusion. He sits between the sun and moon when there is the line of getting the the amrit, which is the nectar, and he gets identified by sun and moon. But just as he is drinking amrit, and so that is why it's believed that Rahu and cuts his head. And but because he has already taken the sip, he's immortal now and he's gotten that place. But now his body and his head are separated, and he now hates sun and moon. So he causes eclipses. So our North Node and South Node are basically the shadows of moon and they create eclipses. So this is the mythology and the greater idea is that there is this, I think there is more of this human side that humans have both these sides. When we talk about Rahu, the North Node, it is said to be the planet that keeps us stuck in the cycle of birth and rebirth. Mm -hmm. It gives you all the desires. It gives you all the wants constant hunger yeah so the head is said to be rahu and you feed a head but there's no body to get that or to stay fulfilled so it's constant desire and kedo on the other hand doesn't have a head just wants peace so follows gurus follows whatever comes with it and what is looking for is peace and what is looking for is to cut you off it's the body of a Commander, mind you so it holds the sword and it cuts you off and the purpose reason why it cuts you off is because it wants to rest it was to get you liberation from the cycle of birth and rebirth yeah and unless you get on that path you constantly feel a void whenever your fet sits in your chart yes. those areas you constantly feel the void you whenever the Dasha will run you are detached with things around you. Mostly I've seen people who are running Ketu Dashas, Ketu periods, they get into spirituality.
0: Yeah. They start chanting
1: Yeah. They because they are searching for something which is higher. Yeah. They are searching for that peace. And rahu on the other hand, brings great, brings passions, brings hunger. And these people can it depends. So again, because this is energies can go both ways. And as I said, this is just one part of the picture. Yeah. If your Rahu is well-placed, you could be following something very strong. could be very courageous. You could be working for women empowerment. It's a wild energy. So you could be working as this comedian or a strategist who comes off with amazing innovations or amazing scientific innovations. And you could be doing something to further the goodness in this world. and if it's negative you could be just chasing materials you You could could be chasing money you could be chasing fame and Rahu also relates with photographs it creates a new you could be just obsessed with how you look how your your image image is is, and all of that so in essence, these are two different poles and there are very few people who have both of these palettes. maybe one percent that might be higher number than it is but And as we are doing, for example, as we were doing, we are doing worshipping the goddess right now. So Rahu and Ketu, because Rahu is so attached, we were talking about Swarna Bharmashir, he's so attached with goddess Saraswati, who who is the holder of all the knowledge and his mother. And so he is actually only controlled by Shakti, only controlled by goddess. Only goddess can help you. Come over that illusion or use that illusion in your benefit. Rahu connects with lions, for example, and tigers, the whole Gax family, the Neonite family. And Durga is the one who rides them. So, again, as we speak, I think this is such a great time to talk about Rahu and k
0: Yeah, yes. Yeah, and it's also interesting because I find Rahu to overpower everything and K2 to separate, hmm. right? So... Rahu, wherever it's yep. going in the chart or in a dasha period, it's going to overshadow whatever is going on near it. And then K2 right. is going to take you away from whatever that energy is. And that's like my understanding of Rahu K2 in essence. Yes, definitely. So if you talk about Rahu K2
1: and houses, and mm-hmm. yeah, so what I've learned is wherever Rahu sits, so let's mm-hmm. say it sits in your ascendant, and you go and you look at the charts of a lot of celebrities or whatever. See, that's why I just yeah. that this is the file because. It has to be connected to the, the affair. It doesn't have to It could yeah. be with your ascendant lord. It could be aspecting your ascendant lord. But if it's connected to your ascendant, your personality is greater than anything. Huge. You huge bear, huge like content. you want attention.
0: Yeah.
1: The, like yeah. How, dressed, like Gaga, right? yeah. how you dress, like Lady Gaga, for it. How you dress is just because you cannot bear to be normal. You cannot bear to be lost in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And that's the case with every Rahu energy, whatever get. it relates, but if it's in your fourth house, in your house, your car, if <laughs> it's in your seventh house, then your spouse is going to be greater so than no. reality. If it's in your ninth house, then your guru or your idea of your guru or your spirituality. <laughs> if it's in your tenth house, then what do you do? That's why it makes Scientists and IT engineers and all of that, whenever 10,000 comes in picture, because what are they doing? They are talking about ideas which no one can think of. Mm-hmm. All the technology is something that no one could imagine. They would think that this is madness. It's wrong. Well it wants to. <laughs> think about. It. And on the other hand, Kato minimizes it. It doesn't want to be seen. It's a mom who wants to go into a cave and doesn't want to be seen. No. It's small insects, it's it, it's the co-ruler of Scorpius. It's small beings who want to just hide away in the darkness because they don't want to be seen. They just want to be unknown. They want to be isolated to explore their soul and spirituality. And they don't... So if you see a Keto-dominant person, they're going to be in introvert. They're going to not want to be in the civilization and they will hold a lot of knowledge. Yeah. But they are not holding the knowledge to show up, whereas Rahu wants to show up, whether yeah, it has anything or not. Yeah. Rahu wrote people often have half information, but mm-hmm. they will show Wait. it as multiple times. Whenever Rahu comes, if growth happens, it happens exponentially. If fall mm-hmm. happens, it happens exponentially. Nothing happens right. on really? small scales with Rahu. Yeah,
0: Rahu heightens everything. It's like a heightened right. Energy. And I think in the dashas too, like Rahu dashas, a lot of people feel like if it's well-placed, they get kind of everything they think that they want. Money, success, all those things, but they always feel like the spiritual is missing a little bit from their life.
1: Yes. And even if they are, what I have noticed is that even if they are following spirituality, it's with ulterior motives. Yeah. Right. Because Rahu is material. Mm -hmm. Rahu doesn't want you to get out of a lot of people who practice tantra, they will have a strong ground Because tantra is basically a way of getting what you want to get.
0: I love that. Yeah, you're fine.
1: And when you are practicing, when we talk about astrology or more subtle practices, more sort of practices, like if you think about monks, they choose to live a life of hardship or they choose, if they cannot bear it, they will choose as much as they can because we want to get rid of our karma. We want to, pay off our debts we want to not run away from the hardships we just want to make sure that we are able to fulfill our other responsibilities like if i'm a rehearsal, meaning i have a family and householder i just want to make sure that i can provide for my family and everything if my chart shows that i have to pay somewhere i will pay as long as I, i can also just live my life and that's fine for me because for me the main Goal is not to get what I want to get because I know that my goal is to get out of this cycle.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. What's the point of collecting millions of dollars? Unless I have some other motive, unless I want to provide to society or unless I want to help Help this community get out for it, unless I want to do something with it. I have a goal. Personally, for my soul, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Whereas Rahu war, when you're doing some very strong energetic practices, which are to get things, then you are not clearing your karma. In fact, it's like a, it's a simple ban transaction. You are taking a huge loan from the universe and you have to think how you will pay it back. Right. Yeah, I think Rahu led people can also follow spirituality, but it's very much. If you will look at nakshatras, look at Rahu nakshatras. You yep. bees will... Everyone is about what you want to get
0: or yep. there's a
1: little bit of trickery there. There's a little bit of illusion there. And here too, the shatras are, are very free. They don't attach, attach to anything. And, and sometimes, sometimes it's negative also.
0: But The main point is because you are, that you don't belong yeah. here. Yeah, and I think what astrology helps us do is get out of those karmic cycles and figure out like yes. how we can basically not come back here <laughs> and not reincarnate. So Definitely. I'd love for you to go through the houses of Rahu versus Ketu through, for the audience. I know that everyone's super interested and I'd love that for the audience. All right.
1: So before we start, I just want to make sure that people understand as we yep. talk about Rahu, Ketu, or any planets in houses, not the complete picture. Yep. It will really depend on which sign it is in, which nakshatra it is in. And then especially around all the planets depend on the energy of their dispositors, which Rahu and Ketu Follow their dispositors. So, if their dispositors are strongly placed, they will perform better. If their dispositors Mm -hmm. are not strongly placed, then it will be a problem. Yep. So, that being said, I think we've already discussed, for example, Mm -hmm. ascendant versus Mm left house. Yep. Larger than life personality. And if it is Mm positively placed, these people can be hugely successful in professions such as of size. Politics of even corporate passion, you require a lot of creativity, strategy where you're not afraid to stand out and you want to live a life which is just large and you want to get attention everywhere. And there could be attention seekers, yes. If it is in water science, Rahu in water science is tricky because Rahu is a volatile energy. When you scientifically speaking, I like to relate everything with elements and also when you talk about Rahu. It's nuclear energy. Yeah. So there are the placement really matters. So that is Rahu in ascendant. I always say that you have to be wary of people who have Rahu in ascendant. They can they are strong personalities. Yeah. And you have to see where this Rahu is taking. Like they could be the next leader, the next prime minister, or they could be somebody who is just a complete Depending on how the energy is. So you have to be mindful of that. On the other hand, seventh house. Seventh house kitu detachment from partnerships. Detachments from social situations. Very difficult to find peace in relationships. Now one very interesting thing about Ketu is person keeps backups mm. wherever Ketu's is. <laughs> because you're never satisfied. You never feel completely attached to one thing and you feel that maybe and love you, feeling attached and so this might end any time. So they mm-hmm. keep back. So again, that becomes k in 7th house because 7th house is the relationship area. It's the intimacy area. Seventh is also about love and relationships. These are tricky areas because they have a lot of breaks. They could <laughs> have breaks in their marriage. They could have breaks in their partnerships. And somewhere in their heart, even if they are not really in a relationship with someone else, but in their mind, they are always ready to leave. Yeah, because they never completely attach. The only relationships they can sustain are spiritual ones. Because when Ketu is there, it's asking you to get spiritually fulfilled using that house. Yeah. So if you are with a partner who's also spiritually inclined, you would stay connected. But if it's completely based on physical intimacy or worldly things, it, it doesn't last. Yep. So that's there. Then the stop was second house Rahu and eighth house This is one of the two sides of the coin placement. So it's one thing is malefics always help material things. Yeah. And they will harm human relationships, human things, life. So when it comes to second house, people with second house Rahu, it's hunger. Yeah. They would, you would literally see people having second house rahu have a voracious appetite, or they will eat a lot of like meat yeah. and alcohol, or death. they will smoke and all, all of these things.
0: things. Yeah,
1: are always intoxicating things. I because of that hunger, kind of second house is also your yeah. the resources. They amass wealth. Yeah, because they are hungry for it, they go for it. So it's positive in that manner. If somebody wants to get rich, if they want to amass wealth. Me. Because Rahu, if it's positive based, because it's a follower of God Saraswati, they could really have a speech which is full of wisdom. They could really speak multiple languages. They could have people uh, in their family which, who are international. They could have an international family. So there are all those positive things. The negative part can be because Rahu is a wild energy. Second house is your speech. Now Rahu either goes on a very high sophisticated... Things. So you could be someone who speaks French and Latin and Spanish. Or you could be someone who is using really bad language. Yeah, And you, you are violent. You're very aggressive. Because Mars is aggressive, yes. But Rahu is nuclear energy. Mars is fire. Fire doesn't burn that bad. So Rahu in second house can also create problems in family because of speech. Yep. And the best remedy of any second house thing is Prasad. So whatever you eat, it has to be started It has to be first offered to the gods, to the universe, to show thanks, and then you eat it. Because that energy of food is playing in your second house. If Rao is in the second house, there is no doubt that person will have some sort of, they would either eat meat or they'll drink or they'll smoke. They will be addicted to something. Yeah. If they're not addicted to something, they will be taking medicines because medicines are drugs.
0: Yeah.
1: They will take something for sure. But to improve that energy, you could always offer whatever you eat, even if it's alcohol. There are deities, there are energies, as I said, Durga and Lord bhairav are two energies, two deities. And when we talk about deities, I think one very important thing to know is that we are not asking you to worship or become, become Hindu. When you think of a deity, It's an energy, it's a form. You read about how they look, look. they are fierce, what they do, they fight, they are warriors. So the energy describes the energy that you should be meditating upon, focusing on and be yourself. So deities are basically just different descriptions of different energy. Then comes Eighth House Ketu. Now Eighth House is the house of all the secrets. It's the house of ancestors. Anyone who has ancestral souls who have not completely transcended to the next levels, they will have planets in house Interesting. And these are, whatever energy is there, that is still missing or that needs to be explored in your lineage. So if somebody has Jupiter, then some wisdom, some religious things have to be explored. If you have moon, it's related to food and depending on whatever is there. So Keto there really shows that there are souls which have not, because K2 talks about moksha and they are looking for liberation. So person having eight house, they are very much connected to their ancestors. They, are, they can have visions. They have a huge intuition. Eight house has all the secrets of universe. Eighth house also talks about your lower body, intimate areas. So K2 there, or if you go to Rahu there, they will talk of some specific health issues also. These are like 8th house has to be treated carefully. Then comes 3rd house. 3rd house and ninth house. Now, this is the best placement of Rahu and K2. Because 3rd house is your arms. Mm 3rd house is how you communicate. 3rd house is how you fight. 3rd house is your efforts. And Rahu, being the wild analogy that it is, it's like holding a huge weapon in your arms. It's like holding a huge body of knowledge. It's like holding the Biggest supercomputer in your, it's also subconscious mind. So your mind works brilliantly if you have third house draw. Yep. So third house draw is the, one of the best placements. And uh, again, of course, this will go in both ways. So if it is going well, then all of these things, if it's not going well, then these people can be rash drivers. They can fight very quickly, They very quickly triggered. So third house is that. Third house also talks about your siblings, so it tells something about how your siblings are going to be as I said Rahu and k two harm the life signification so when Rahu is anywhere, let's say you are you are a girl child, and so third house is your younger sibling next child is not going to be a girl if a girl cannot survive if a girl is born, she will not survive That's the classic dictum you let me know if that works, but in my experience that has mm-hmm. ninth house k two now k two as i said it's Ketu is related to dogs. Rahu is related to cats. Like a dog follows its master. Ketu follows whatever planet it's with, whatever energy it's with. So when we talk about ninth house is a spiritual energy. Ninth house is that of your love, destiny, guru, principles. So ninth house Ketu means that person has a soul connection with spirituality they have a soul connection with spirituality and at the same time they constantly feel like there's a discontent regarding mm. spirituality they want more they keep learning more and if they find a guru so people who have jupiter aspect they involve jupiter sitting with k2 in 9th house it's called matasi yoga matasi yoga talks of there's a whole story about how a fish was born in the lord vishnu form of a fish in a small a fish, fish and then he kept growing and became a blue whale well, it talks about basically the large body of knowledge that is there in the universe. And it keeps growing. You could keep putting it in a vessel, it'll keep growing. So that's ninth house Ketu is a beautiful placement to have. And the only thing is they should trust their gurus because they if <laughs> they start keeping backups here too and they don't trust their gurus, I think it's for both Rahu or Ketu in the ninth house. If you don't trust or if you have greed They're around right. your gurus, then it's like creating a barriers a very interesting thing about one of the belief system is that is the first knowledge that was passed it was not passed by words it was not passed by lesson lordship himself sat and he just looked at his disciples. so the just being in the mind of your guru just just being in the sight of your guru Brings light. It's because all of us are connected to the universe. It just needs to be triggered. And so our gurus, our guides are triggers. They're not teaching us anything new. And we have to respect them for that. They're lighting that fire. Yeah. Then comes fourth house and tenth house. Okay, to have business again. Fourth house, Rao. Now, fourth house is the place of contentment and satisfaction. It's your home where you go to relax, where you go this to is, days. By the way, this is my placement. <laughs> <laughs> so Rahu being in fourth house there's a lack of peace there's a lack of satisfaction it's difficult because you're constantly looking for something mm-hmm. there is a lot of mother motherhood influence. I wouldn't say trauma necessarily because depending on how your placements are your mother could be either a mad genius or she could be downright crazy, <laughs> and that is the rules of why we grow up as people who are, are not able to find satisfaction. Because either way, if your mother's a mad genius, you're constantly trying to reinvent and you want something new. And if she's crazy, then you'd never feel safe yeah in wherever you are. And there's this hose like when you own a home, people having four thousand house Rahu are going to have crazy architecture. They will have stairs and there will be like ups and downs. The floor is not going to be straight because it's it has to be creative. It has to be grand. It cannot be simple. Okay. You own a car. It's like, it's something different. The color is different. So that, poses house your energy is like that. I think the best, again, the best way is place or give a secret taste to goddess. as Durga in your home because she helps you just empower yourself and use this Jahu energy as your weapon. 10th house too. This is for Spiritual work. Now, 10th house is our karma. Our karma is not just, it's not just the career we choose. It's everything we do. It's our public responsibility. It's 10th house is also your father's money, your father's speech. So yes. how they talk, they could either be someone who talks very vaguely because somewhere they're spiritual. They're lost. and they What they talk about, you don't understand that. Right? Or they don't talk a lot at all. Or they're not there. Or they don't have money because kid was the monk. If they do have money, they keep it like a separate position. They keep backups of software, money and all of that. Kate too talks about geometry, angles, energies. So people could be working in that. But for you yourself, what that matters is you are either into an intuitive work. You have to be, or you constantly confused.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So people with ten thousand kids. Years- yeah, yeah. so I do have K2 in the 10th house, and mm. my whole, so my whole life, like, anytime i try to do a normal job, something would just come in and <laughs> just mess up the right. job, and I'd be forced into basically doing something spiritual connected to work, or I'd always just be like, there's nothing else I can do except this work, essentially. Exactly. As I said, K2 wants you to go to a spirituality, so it's to yeah. you all. If you're doing anything else, it will be
1: you Yeah. So... That's natural. That's normal. Uh, Another thing about K two is you cannot chase. Yeah. So people having ten thousand K two, my advice would be, not chase the career. Yeah. Do not chase the profession. Do not even make goals. Do no. what goes. This <laughs> your soul. Yeah. The moment you stop chasing your K two, whatever it represents. It will come to you directly. No. The more you cling to anything, because K two is your soul has to get freedom. And you're clinging to something. I'm going to cut you off. Yep. yep. So that's the most important thing. Then, depending on other placements, K2 and 10th house can be slightly. They have a connection. K2 always have a soul connection to the universe.
0: Yeah.
1: Fifth and 11th house. Now, fifth and 11th house is very interesting. Fifth house is how you deal with public. Fifth house is the accumulated good karma from past life. Rahu here Now, Rahu is a cheat. Rahu is an illusion creator. <laughs> In yeah. fifth 5,000, what have you accumulated? People will create illusions for public.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yep. So they
1: could be people like filmmakers, because they could be great photographers, or they could be people who are obsessed with power, Fifth house is power too. Fifth house is position, authority. This is the place of sun, so they could be so obsessed they could be like politicians who will tell lies or who will not even be
0: afraid of forging things and so it can go both ways
1: yeah
0: there could be be like an element of deception in terms of what they're showing to the world yes because fifth house is show
1: off and wants to show off so they constantly want to do that and in relationships the fifth house is your interest love interest Seventh house there's more deeper relationship. In love interests, also you could see that they are they have some grand ideas of who they want to be with. And they they cannot be completely reliable. Rahu and Ketu are also one of the symbolisms is a snake. Yeah. So like snake sheds, skin, can Ketu wherever they sit, it's like that. So one has to be careful. People with fifth house Rahu. Now see if you if it relates to the ascendant, it's themselves what are cheating. It doesn't relate to the ascendant, they could be treated by other people. Yeah. So we have to I think and that's also one of the things we have to see that there could be positive or negative things.
0: Yeah.
1: This is a huge lack in astrology. A lot of the astrologers I see, they will see it as a malefic thing combination in the chart and they would blame it on you. Whereas you are somebody who is a survivor, you have you have gone through all of that. Yeah. So it's very necessary to identify who is bringing this energy. Are you yourself doing this to
0: others, or someone
1: else is doing this to you?
0: I've seen people with Rahu in the fifth house actually get cheated on <laughs> multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Cheating is something I've seen with Rahu in the fifth house, actually.
1: Yeah, and there's a, see, there's this. Anything in Australia I say that something bad happens to you. There's somewhere we have done something to deserve. Yeah, totally. Oh, wait. Step those rocking. Why they are treated is because they have an idea of this crazy partner. They are looking for someone One. who is, I don't know, making a lot of money, who is grand and who has mobster kind of who's unreal. And when you're chasing something like that, you're going to find something that's not real. <laughs> yeah, true. So, like, that's where the counseling comes in. That's why I think, like, in India, parents take first thing they do is they will look at their charts and they will guide and parent based on the chart because I love that. at a young age you need to know like you could be cheated. So you have to be careful in relationships. And at a young age you need to know what you could study. Your brain works where and all of that. So fifth house is also of your education. So people who in fifth house now can be great in science. I've known some people who are great
0: inventors, scientists, aerospace engineers. Yeah. Because fifth house they're very, so inte- they're very intellectual. They can be very in the intellect. Yes. Yeah. Then,
1: and I'm, I mean, we're just touching the tip of the iceberg with every yeah. description here, but then we come to the sixth house. This is again a great placement of Rahu and yeah. Like After third and ninth, I think, or not after, I would say this is better than that. Sixth house is the place of disputes, arguments, disease, sickness. It's also the house of service. It's also the house where you are, your daily routine, like, your ability to sort through problems. So, sixth house, whenever it has any malefic planet, it gives you the strength to fight through all of these negative things. 1000s so your visible enemies. So, if you have soft planets there, you cannot defeat them. You're not somebody to fight. But so if you have planets like Rahu, Mars, Sun, even Saturn. You can fight back. You have the patience. You have the energy. You have the wild mindset to do whatever it takes to win a fight. 6,000 Rahu is great. 6,000 Rahu people beat their competition. They are formidable. We learn astrology through the charts of deities. So when you talk about God, Lord's Ram, he had 6,000 Rahu and here's enemy was Ravan who had 10 heads and who ruled a kingdom a golden kingdom and he was the most powerful he was blessed to never be defeated unless it was a specific weapon so if you have 6,000 Rahu yes you are formidable but your enemies are also formidable you <laughs> fight huge things and you win over things if you use that correctly I think the problem if the placements are not right 6,000 Rahu he, can be scared. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many charts with Siktaus yeah. Rahu. They are scared of like animals. Yeah. They cannot even a pet or cat. And so my advice always to Siktaus Rahu people is you go in the wilds, you go on safaris, you start dealing with animals a little bit because you have to be courageous. It's the place of a fight. It's the place where you compete. So you have to be courageous. And also you have to... Because sixth house is also about service, so you have to solve the society. You have to fight for those who are not as powerful as you. Yep, so that's yep. very important. Then comes and then six thousand six thousand also. The sixth house is animals that you can pet, tame animals. Twelfth house are wild animals. When Rahu is there in house, you are supposed to tame your demons. You are supposed to tame wildest creatures. So you have to be courageous. Twelfth house Ketu. 12th house is of freedom. This is these are people who are on the path of finding that liberation. They are very close to it. They are 12,000 that of isolation. They are not afraid of isolation. 12,000 is that of Gurus, ashram. Their soul, their soul, soul. is connected with their guys, their devias, the universe. Their soul is on the path. Now, 12th house also talks about a feet. So when Keto is there, you walk with open feet. You that's connected to the universe. So twelfth house kitty is a positive one. You don't cling to anyone. Twelfth house is your expenses versus your donation. So what happens is, people who donate, they do not have unwanted expenses. People who do not donate, they will have unwanted expenses. Because the same house shows both of that. So you could be like getting sick, going to the hospital, or something comes up and you lose all your money because your twelfth house is not balanced. you just, because the universe wants you to give back. You're, You're not giving you it generously, it, so it takes from you. And Kato is there. You're very open-handed. You're not attached to anything. You give like a monk, right?
0: You, yeah.
1: or a dog, like they have a little bit of food. They have only gotten it by someone's charity and they will spare that too. And they're not scared because they know that the universe provides for them. Yeah. So that's what yeah. I thought. It's a beautiful combination to have.
0: It's, yeah, they're so spiritual by nature. But with that K2 too, I've yes. noticed sometimes they feel like they can never get enough <laughs> spiritual knowledge. They want to just keep going and keep going into the spiritual. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, wherever creature sits, you have to,
1: yes, you are spiritual and you follow, but at the same time, time, endlessness or, or infinity is an energy that you need to understand that you cannot trace yeah. the end of infinity.
0: Hmm.
1: So that's very important for people who work here to because you do it like you live every life. You take every breath because it's your dharma you, you do it. This life has been given to you. And you cannot count it or you cannot cling to it or something that should happen naturally, effortlessly. That's mm-hmm. the same thing with here to everything. Your wisdom should flow effortlessly, your life is you're connected. Yeah. So you cannot be greedy about it. You cannot chase. As you move, you connect with every energy and you learn and you give it back it's just a part like if there's a river you're one drop in the river your job is just to flow with the river the job is not to know every drop of the river right okay. uh, then seventh house rahu and ascendant yeah, Again, very spiritual they could be either very spiritual or very lost yeah because when k is there one thing is Ketu 2 is breaks, just continue. So you cannot, you don't have a consistency in your heritage. Ketu keeps breaking you off the thing. You want, it's a very introverted like you are yourself, you want to be with yourself. You're either very spiritual, you're either very intuitive, or you're just, people who keep forgetting things. <laughs> you yeah. lock the door or not. Or, so that's Ketu energy playing in the Ascendant. It will give you masks. Ketu gives you cuts, wherever you go. So when it's on the Ascendant, it gives you cuts on your face or on your head. Especially the upper forehead, upper head personality-wise, also they, they are, are not so sure yeah. of that. because yeah. Ketu cannot really attached to something. So they they don't have a self identity because Ketu is abstract. So like they are whatever that comes, or they, they are energy, and they. I think Ketu energy in ascendant, especially is hermit, hmm. and tarot. On the other hand, seventh house Rahu. so. Another, this becomes another reason of they are, they could be chasing because whenever there's one seven axis, the seventh house compensates for first house. So we, the seventh house is the shakti and the first house is the shiva So when person is unsatisfied or they feel disconnected, they look at seventh house, they look for, try to find a partner, try to find somebody who fulfills them. So this becomes a desire, a chase, a passion. And then again, constantly they keep meeting people who are too much for them. Yeah. The easiest way to pacify this scenario is to be with somebody who is who is from a different community, who's from a strange land, who is from another country, speaks another language. Some day they are going to be strange. If you're going to remain where they are, just the strangeness is going to come anyhow. Yeah. Seventh house also talks also good business. So here again, Rahu being here, it talks about the kind of business you work in and the kind of partners, business partners you get. Then comes the 8th house. Now, 8th house, Rahu, 2nd house, Khir. 8th house, Rahu has a very strong tantra connection, as we said. Because 8th house is the deep, dark secrets of the universe and Rahu is desires. So we try right. to extract from that, we try right. to extract from those dark dungeons. So that becomes a very strong nak. Depends. Some people, it's a combination as such. Some people can be impacted by it. They will have other people are performing some tons wrong on them. And then the 8th house is also we talk about. Like when you're talking about chakras, 8th house is your periducation and 8th house is your reproductive organs. 8th house the secret treasures, the hidden pen, the, whatever is your secret, whatever you're keeping inside, bottled up. So Rahu will hear a lot of energy is being collected here that's why I say that when people are performing tantra and they're chasing desires too much what's happening is they are collecting all that karma yeah so that takes house Rahu that also shows again Rahu is a wild energy Rahu is a hungry energy Rahu is unsatisfied and Rahu wants attention and eighth house is the place of your souls, your ancestral souls. So there are those souls who want your attention desperately and if it's not well placed, these souls can bring a lot of 8,000 that of transformations. The transformations are huge. They are either, they are many souls, how you love many souls, they will take you like that. If your ancestors are happy, they will just exponentially give you growth, money, you wouldn't even... People will think you are a mobster because how did you make so much money? so at which. Because Rahu energy is like that. People will see you like that. If it's badly placed, you will lose everything overnight because your ancestors are unhappy. So it's very strongly related to energetic work, ancestral work. You have to make sure ancestors are happy. Yeah. Second house K two, It's a resources, It's your family. You feel detached there. Again, see, who is not connected to their resources? Who is not connected to their family? Everyone advising. It's very difficult for people to actually be disconnected or detached, like just have that boundary. Yeah. So K2 is there. And so people who have second house K2, they will have issues in their family. They will have problems in their resources because they cling too much. If they don't cling, if they just believe that the whole world is my family and <laughs> I eat what, you know, has provides me, then everything will be fine introverts they speak less, they don't want to talk too much. When they do talk, they some other energies are flowing through their speech, what they are saying. It's a yes. Mess. Then ninth house. Ninth house Rahu and here. Now this Isn't is interesting. Ninth house or Jupiter, anyway with Rahu, called Guru yoga Rahu creates illusions, Rahu. Ninth house Rahu people have to be mindful of what they preach. What they learn, who they are chasing. Mm-hmm. Often they are chasing. See, again, I say there's a reason, just like fifth house, ninth house, often people, people feel like they, they have them. been cheated by their gurus. Yeah. But the reason is because they have gone for a guru you know, who is giving a pomp and show. A true mystic is not going to do pomp and show. So cool. there has to be that balance, yeah. carefulness. They could be Devi worshippers, they could be goddess worshippers, because Rahu is that. They could be people who are strictly, their religion is science, hmm. because Rahu gives you all of that. So, what do they are scientists? They Even if they follow God, there's a scientific explanation to that. Their spirituality can rise when they go to foreign countries, national waters. Ninth house Rahu is truly a mix of things again, not the best placement to have. Another thing is, because ninth house is your dharma, it's your religion. Ninth house Rahu people will. If, if classics, they cheat their religion, but the idea is that your you end up, yes. your circumstances are such that you end up changing your religion or following another religion more because you are not satisfied with your own and you find answers somewhere else. It's not na- uh, negative. I've seen people doing so and it actually works for them. If it, it's ghetto, you're more strongly rooted in your religion. Yes. Just the energies, just where, because 9,000, the wisdom and principles and love, so where do you find the guidance from? I think all everybody has the same guidance, just matters like how you see it. Third house, K2, again, introverts, they travel to find peace. They, their communication has a lot of breaks because K2 is there. difficult relationship with siblings. It can be either that they are too close or they are not close at all, siblings, with siblings. When it comes to, again, see, third house is your skills also. So Rahul and Ketu both will give some very peculiar skill set. Yep. So I know somebody who does in Washington who does amazing healing work and it's, he reprograms subconscious mind.
0: Wow.
1: And his he has twenty years of practice and it's amazing. And we had third house Rahul. But with Ketu, you are you're, you are a healer. Your yeah. hands have that healing power. Uh, Ketu is also a fighter. Ketu also shows a sword, If Rahu was there. But Rahu is more strategic. Rahu is easily triggered. Ketu, on the other hand, Ketu follows. So whatever conjunctions are there, whatever the dispositor is, relating to those things, we fight mindlessly. If Ketu is there in the sixth house or these things. Then comes tenth house. still okay. house Rahu is fine. house Rahu gives you like strategy, innovation and all of those creative things fourth house Ketu is the tricky part again there's this lack of peace right so that separation maybe mother has not been there if she's been there she's not been there in spirit and so that creates a difficult placement and one thing about both Rahun Ketu and fourth house is you must change your place you must change your place you must change your your city because those energies because it's your homeland, motherland you have to go away from there so that's very important 11th house, Rahu, and fifth house
0: Ketu.
1: Again, 11th house, materialistic house, house of desires, house of everything. everything you want, income, your networks. So, Rahu supports all of that. Rahu helps you make a lot of money, great contacts, great networks, everything. Fifth house Ketu, on the other hand, again, spiritual education. Yeah. It will break off no. your relationships, it will break off your like fifth house k2 will have a lot, lot of breaks in education so again it's mostly related to spiritual education it's very important for fifth house k2 people yeah 12th house rahu and 6th house is not a good placement yeah. uh, 12th house is where you sleep 12th house is your dreams 12th house is isolation and if rahu is there you get bad dreams you yeah. have a lot of your expenses are crazy, you're spending on things which are just like big brands or show for pomp and all of that. It's it's a very material like just the opposite of Yato being in wealth. You are following liberation, Rahu being well near. Like you're doing something wrong. The only time this can be good is if you are obsessed with helping the world you're working with, but still there's some it's not a sign of Finding peace. You cannot find peace if you have 12,000. Rahu, you really have to, like, unless you go and live in the
0: jungles.
1: Yeah. (laughs) is isolation. Rahu is wild. So you go live in the jungles, and that's how maybe you find peace. But there's, you have to deal with those wild animals.
0: Yeah. I feel like Rahu... Sixth house ghetto? Sorry. Yeah, you go. No, I was going to say Rahu in the water, the Moshka energy. It's very, like, erratic right it's just a very up and down it's hard to find peace yeah
1: yes one of my gurus I've over the years I've learned from many gurus and one of my gurus said that whenever you see Rahu in cancer yeah. in any shot you not even take that reading run Because <laughs> <laughs> it it's funny you it's as I said Rahu is going yeah. you do chemistry yeah. experiments like some bomb which will erupted time, it's bad mm-hmm. and then it's in the water sign cancer it's your emotions it's your mind so people with Rahu and cancer they really have to work on their emotional stability yeah that's a huge task for them uh, then comes sixth house Ketu sixth house Ketu spiritual service
0: yeah
1: simple like spiritual service your dogs Dogs become a huge part of your journey on spirituality. Sixth house creates breaks. And sixth house causes... Sorry, sixth house is routine and K2 creates breaks and detachments. So routine becomes something like you have to have a spiritual routine. Otherwise, it's just going to be messy.
0: Yeah,
1: You might not get out of the bed if you're not doing the spiritual service, if you're not following the spiritual path. Because you're just not connected in that energy. Gives you a bunch of diseases, also. I said the six thousand the household diseases. So depending on which planet is there, there will be different kinds of diseases. If that planet is controlled, you won't have it. If that planet is not controlled, you would have it. So that's just given with any planet six thousand. So yeah, that's Rahu and Ketu in the very short. But I think today's world it's very important to have both of them balance.
0: Yeah, unless you. Yeah, I was going to ask that. How do you bring that? Because it's basically like a karmic dance between the two energies, right? Like houses. And so, how can people find that equilibrium or balance between the Raka K2, which is the whole life mission, essentially? I think one thing definitely is mindset. At the end of the, the day, entire astrology, astrology
1: comes at that point that you have to be recharged. Like, there's, there's this token, the Bhagavad Gita. It says that you have the right to do your work, your karma, but you do not have the right to cling to the results. So you should not be doing anything, whether it's spiritual work or whether it's professional work, thinking of "I will only do this if I get this result." Yeah. it's your duty, it's your passion, if you are called to it, it's your karma to you work on those things. So, where, so whether then it is Rahu or Ketu, it balances both of them because now what you're doing it, it has a higher purpose. It's not materialistic. It's not greedy. It's not clingy. That becomes a huge power. If you've heard about Carl's network, Carl's network is when all the planets are on one side of Rahu and Ketu. It's very well intense. The thing with with cars, yes, very intense. Every nine years or so, the person will have huge changes in their life out of control. It's a huge storm. And the reason that is happening is because Rahu and Ketu are now controlling their life and they want to. Tell them that you cannot cling to anything. You cannot depend with anything. So this one very important thing. Like we talk about manifestation, for, for example. example. You a huge role in manifestation. But the idea is not to cling to it. You sow a seed and you let it grow. Yeah. Now, I was talking to one of my students the other day. And I was telling them that where I live right now. like My husband lives here. He has been provided this accommodation, this area where I live in. 10 or 12 years ago, I was just a student in the city and I had a new job and it's just, uh, my apartment was really small and it was really crowded. And I used to take the metro, the train from a station right next to this place. I used to look at this place and I used to think, I would really like to live here. It's so green and so nice. And I was, I went online and I looked for apartments and then I saw that not everybody can get it. It's only for some government officials. And So I took that and I was like, someday. And then I left. I don't know if I ever thought about it again, but I remember this. I know that I have planted that seed somewhere. And today when I live here, I think just the universe has listened, right? There's a saying that you never know when Saraswati sits on your tongue. Saraswati is the goddess who writes everything, your destiny. She is the goddess of wisdom. So the idea of manifestation is whenever you're speaking, you speak positive things. You speak of possibilities. And you never know when Saraswati is sitting on it down So she might hear any time and it might get it well, and Rahu Keto is like that. You have to be in that balance where you're chasing things, you're doing those things. But you're also okay if you don't achieve it. And if your Keto is heavier because yeah. everybody has a very simple experiment is are you dog or are you cat friendly? If you cat friendly person, your Rahu is stronger. If your dog friendly mm-hmm. person, your Kiko is stronger. And it's, you like both. You can coexist with both. Both are uh, in a balance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you're K2 heavy, um, you will feel detached, strongly detached. But you still have to know that you know this role of a mother or of a wife or of a girlfriend or as an employee, whatever you're doing, this is a part of your karma. Yep. your life doesn't depend on it your soul journey doesn't depend on it you're just doing it because it's part of the fine minds it's also a role to be fulfilled your soul has come here to experience this also your soul has come here to let's say experience marriage it doesn't it's not that it's your complete purpose but yes it has come here to experience it so you stay here and you do your duty and you keep it spiritual Mm -hmm. you have your own individuality and you don't try to Define yourself by something like, for example, 10 house K2. You don't try to define yourself by your profession, it's one of your current One thing that is said is,
0: I've learned that one. one.
1: <laughs> yes, when you have mastered something in your past lives, K2 appears in those areas. Yeah, that is why your soul is disconnected because your soul is, I've done this, yeah, I've done this, I've been here. Why am I doing this again? It's yep. just because you, it's like, and you have to. Experience it's all of things. was a
0: Yep. Yeah. And what's beautiful about astrology, too, is it allows people to take the self out of it a little bit, like you said, right? So it's not so much like about the self, it's about this universal experience that you got put here to experience right. and learn and grow through, which I think is the beauty of Rahu and Ketu. And yes. I don't know, there's just so much depth versus a north south node in Western astrology. When I was into that, I was like, that's not giving me the answers I need from this. <laughs> And I think what's beautiful
1: about Rahul Ketu is the connection with nature, connection with animals. People with strong Rahul Ketu energies connect with animals very strong. And one of the things we believe in is that as you reincarnate, you go through so many lifetimes. A dog today could be your child, or your husband, or your
0: mother in your past life. When you think of things from that way, it gives you a different perspective. It connects you to everything. Yeah, it allows you to have more compassion as well too for everything and everyone around. So what would you say for people out there who only know Western astrology and kind of want to get into the Vedic system? Any sort of quick tips or advice before we go today?
1: I mean, see, I always say that you must try. Yeah. Get a reading, see what resonates. I know some people, I've had some students who've told me that Western resonates more There is one out of a hundred people, but they say that. So if you have to try for yourself personally, and one thing definitely I will say, astrology is just you either you decide that your life has a goal as a professional in relationships, whatever, or a spiritual purpose, and you find a guru or you find a astrologer. And keep this in mind that different astrologers have different energy. Someone is. And because every chart shows us, my chart shows something else. Someone's chart shows something else. Someone's going to be really good in gemstones, Then someone's going to be really good in guidance. So you have to, it's okay to stop mm-hmm. around, Milton. But whoever you find to be resonating, whose guidance works, and guidance. I think that's very important. Understand your flaws. I think good things we don't need to know. I think most of us, when we're going to readings, we're trying to find out the good thing. Yeah, which is okay for motivation and confidence, but when good periods are running, when your combinations are good, you will automatically make good decisions. You will meet good people. Everything will fall in place automatically. What Where the guidance comes in picture is when bad things are there or when they are approaching and your guide can save you from that. Because yeah. that's the time where we say yeah. that my gut feeling is saying this and I think this is going to be right, but you know what, you're going to run out debilitated Mercury, Dasha, and your gut feeling is really going to get you into trouble. And so you have to find someone you can trust and understand all the phases so you can plan accordingly. And and also, lastly, I think it's a lifestyle. It's not one of the remedy. It's not one of things. It's a lifestyle. So that becomes very important. People who are practitioners dive into it like an ocean way. You swim in an ocean without thinking that you're going to just cross all the oceans so same way with Vedic astrology just we're interested to get into this i think what i've seen is people who take like my basics course just with basics they are able to predict so much but then they keep coming back to me and they're like do you know this too and how did you find this and and they want me to teach them advanced they can see everything is advanced Mm -hmm. i can teach you something new every one month or two months because Either I have learned or I have intuitively learned something new because astrology is endless. Yeah, yeah. So what can be done is you can be initiated into astrology and then you remain in, that's the parampara. Astrology in India, I think Western culture has really made it into certifications or like this. It doesn't happen like that. It happens as lineage. Your guru is your... Guru Pita, he's your father of the guide. He's your counselor. And you take them as father and you stay with them. It's a lineage. Yeah, You stay in that. You stay connected with them. They learn, you learn. It's a constant thing. And when we pray, when we do our rituals, even before God, even before universe, we remember our guru. That's because the guidance flows through them. So we should never be afraid. And if we are thinking that we must know everything, and then I think that's the wrong place to begin with because look at this universe. How can we know everything?
0: No, it's an endless study for sure. It never ends. Right. And it is a lifestyle. It's like you're going to start seeing everything from this different lens through astrology as well yes. too. So where can people find so, you for readings or your courses if they're interested in learning more about you as well? So I have my website called VedicAstro by com.
1: Currently I have two Instagram pages and mm-hmm. I'm transitioning because the first page really started when I was still working in the corporate and I was using it as my diary I used to write like whatever whatever. I felt like so now I'm transitioning it to another page. so this is also known as Medic Astro by Chitra there are a lot of imposters as well I want to make sure that people are aware of that I would never ask you to pay offline I would never like I tell people that you go on a website or like you verify that it's me because I'm just not able to control how many big accounts are there but yeah you can find me online I provide readings I provide I teach once a year my course is slightly changing this year so this year I'm waiting another month or two before I launch but yeah I think everyone should try once and especially at least you are somebody who believes for me it's very important that young people Teenagers. Yep. They their parents, maybe not themselves, because they are doing going and doing readings at right writing something's wrong. But their parents should be consulting for them. They should understand what their child is here for so that they can fulfill their potential.
0: Oh, that's a huge one. Yeah. The best thing is when you get parents who are like, Oh, I want my kids to do this because I need to understand right. them better. It's like a very healing experience for them as well. So I love that you said that. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciated this conversation. I know the audience learned so much as well. And I'll definitely be following you for more of your, I think you do some energy updates as well, too. Don't you like email updates? Yes. Okay. Yes. I have this program
1: called Align Up where every single day I send you an email. It's personally written to the email, but I just want to give people a taste of how energies Mm -hmm. work for them. And I align that with your chart. So that's more of the lifestyle. Thing that I'm talking about because mm-hmm. every day I tell you that today this energy is running today, you could do this, oh, you right. could donate today, you could do the small ritual. And so, if you follow that, that will really give you a taste of Vedic lifestyle. Because I what I have seen is like my mother mm-hmm. or there are this toughest women in India, my grandmother, they're not astrologers, but they have been raised yes. in this mm-hmm. lifestyle. So they know that today is the second moon phase and today we should be cooking yeah. this and we should be not cooking this. And so that's a very interesting thing that we're doing with Alina. And yeah, that's, again, I love being directly connected to all the members because we constantly daily in touch.
0: So much fun. And I love all that. So thank you so much again for coming on. And it was such a great conversation. And I know I've been learned so much as well. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Samantha, for having
1: me here. I, I would definitely love to hear more of your podcast. Thank you so much for giving it a platform. As I said, Vedic Astrology, you're doing a huge service to the subject and body of this knowledge.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much.